0: Are you rolling?
1: I'm rolling. We are live right now, brother. Oh, that's
0: fantastic. I was going to say because if you ask me a question <laughs> like that, you better, <laughs> you better be recording, dude. I I will say this, man. Um, it has been a. I I have adopted the philosophy that adversity is not my enemy. It it is my teacher. It's actually my one of my best friends because all of the things that I've learned, I've I've been very fortunate to. I've either had some really cool roles or I've worked with some incredible people. But the challenges that those opportunities have brought me is, is really what I've gleaned the most from people are like, you've got such a great career. It's like, that's cool because that's been able to keep me living in Los Angeles. It's, it's put a roof over my head. It's, it's been able to give me some great experiences. And, um, I've got a, I've got a boy now that I I love and he's two and a half, almost three and like I'm I'm being able to plan for his future in a way that my parents never could. But the best benefit personally to me has been the fact that I learned what you should never, ever, 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 ever do. And fortunately, I've worked with people that have been kind enough to go, hey, dude, don't ever do that again. And if you don't, then I think you may be able to continue doing this. So it's that's been my like the best perk of the job ever is the learning that I've gotten from it. So all of a sudden, I remember I was, I was flying, I flew like 250,000 miles last year in in 2019. Sorry. So yeah, 2020, I flew a fraction of that because I, January and February, I was going crazy. We had like dice that was in Vegas. And then I flew. Yeah. That was like the last big event that I went to. And I was actually on March, March, Third or whatever, I had to look back. Mm. I was on my way to Kuwait, of all places, to go to a uh, a pop culture convention, and and had a little stopover in London. And I landed Heathrow and uh, checked my messages, and my phone is just like going crazy. And it's my manager going, "Do not get on the plane to Kuwait. The entire country has shut down because of this COVID thing." So, I went wow. into the, the British Airways lounge. I was like, Can I go home now? They're like, We'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, Okay. And I went into London and I went to one of my favorite pubs and had a pint and a pie and just fell asleep and flew back the next day. And my wife was like, <laughs> Weren't you supposed to be gone for like the next week? And so, and that was the last time that I was at LA airport and I was on a plane. I haven't been on a plane since. And that's really, really weird for me. But what I realized wow. in the wake of it was that I had started like, I gotten really busy. And I got this kid that is, is the center of my world. And I was abdicating my, my, I mean, tacitly abdicating my entire position as his father because I was so busy working for him. And what's, what this opportunity has given me in COVID is I dig in with my boy, man. We go on walks. Mm. And we have to get really creative. And every night when we go down for I, either I put him down or my wife puts him down. And when I put him down, he goes like, let's talk about my mind so I can use my imagination. And I'm like, yeah, dude, let's talk about it. So that's what I've gained from it. And I've been able to do that and not panic or fear. um, Because I work in an industry of professional problem solvers. Like that's what they do. They looked at COVID and they went, ah, <laughs> It's bad yeah. design. We're used to squashing bugs. Bring it on. So, the literally the day we went into lockdown, Sony, Warner Brothers, uh, Disney, everybody called and was like, "Can you do what you do from home?" And I was like, "Yeah." And so I kind of hot rodded up my rig, and um, you know, made a makeshift booth, and and I was able to. You to didn't keep have one already. I because I I didn't work here. You know, I, yeah, I would right. do like auditions and stuff. I was like, ah, that's good enough for auditions. But yep. we've been in this, pro- like last year, 2019, we're like, we're finally, we're, we're looking at a house. And so I was like, I'm not going to build out a place here. I'm going to do that the new place. And I'll, I'll, I'll build out my place there. And so I've just kind of been ad hoc for the last several years. And this year I was like, fuck, that would have been really beneficial. <laughs> if <I had> that. <laughs> but what's so funny is that, you know, Every show, no matter how big or how small, whether it be a game animation, they were all trying to just get it done. Here's a USB mic. You got a Yeti, awesome. Plug it in and let's finish our show. So, did you have more work last year or less? Would you say? I I would say I had more of different work. So, okay. it's not uncommon for me to be you know on a stage in a suit, and we didn't do. I did one of those um wow. there was a uh one a matter of fact the first time for me to be back on set um was for a project that's coming out maybe this year uh hopefully <sighs> it's this year don't tease me troy i mean i can't say anything <laughs> uh but i will say this it took that size of a production for them to be able to go we have to figure out how to shoot and so <sighs> they did and wow. it was like everybody from the director on down went to this place you get a covet test you find out in 15 minutes you're good to go, show up at work. And every day on set, we got tested once, if not twice. And it was the first time they're like, here's the direction of flow of traffic. You walk in this door and out this door and don't fuck around. Like if 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 you, th- you want to work here today, put on a mask unless you're eating food, go to your trailer and hang out. If you're on set, put on a mask unless you have a scene where you're speaking. It was a yeah, thing, wow. man. But everybody was just so grateful to be working again. So we're like, if that's what we have to do, then let's do it. I'm grateful, man, because, look, n- normally you can chalk up Hollywood to whatever it is, but at the end of the day, it's a bunch of people that are just completely impassioned and eat up with what they love to do, and they'll figure out a way to do it. Um, I was really proud of our industry. I was proud of, especially people in games and animation. Animation boomed in this in this last year. So there's yeah. more animation series and, and that have been greenlit. Um, And every studio, no matter what game they shipped, deserves, and I've heard people give me a lot of flack for this, Um, every game that comes out deserves at least a thank you for trying, because there's people that put, in in, in the midst of everyone else of freaking out over COVID, what does it mean? What's going to happen to me financially? What does this mean for the rest of our world? I have kids, all of that. People still made games. And they Mm -hmm. still did what they have to do in order. And it's a very demanding, cruel, grinding process. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other conversation that we could have about is whether or not it should be. But the fact of the matter, it is.
1: I'm glad that we are having a conversation. I don't want it to be like an interview. It's just two buddies, two mates.
0: Oh, dude, this down, is my this out. is my vibe right now. It's just like <laughs> I, I and I also you got me warmed up because we literally just did our we, I did this great podcast with Alana Pierce, Mike Bithel, and, and Austin Winch. Great we, podcast, yeah. yeah. Pod, well, all Aussies know each other, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we literally just had our 50th episode, which we were doing like I think we were doing once a month, and then mm. we were like, well, I guess we maybe make this once a week. And they were like, maybe we should do a live episode. So here we are 50 episodes on and we've covered everything from like today we were talking about, uh, you know, the, 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 the patent that Warner brothers put and, uh, the, the CD project red, you know, terrorism strike. So, and then we'll talk about something stupid, like Jerry Goldsmith's, you know, score scoring shitty movies and, and <laughs> why I haven't finished well- fallen order.
1: I was listening to one of those podcasts. I think it was the last one, right. and you mentioned my favorite director, Christopher Nolan. All right, okay. Just just getting that out here. Now, I you were a bit hesitant on tenor, were
0: you? I was just you were sold. <laughs> and here is what it made me do. I I wanted to like. I want Nolan to go back. Look what he did for Batman. Like he is a spiritual successor to Tim Burton. Like he was like. I'm going to make you think differently about this character. And honestly, especially where like, like what Tim Burton did, he was like, I'm going to pull it out of 66, which was great. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to disparage that because we're here because of that. But at the time when Tim Burton said, I want to do, or Warner Brothers said, we're going to do Batman again. Comic books by and large were kind of dead, even though what was happening in print was incredible. Like, think about what was happening late 80s, early 90s. It was, it was bananas what was happening. That's the whole mm. Red Hood. You've got, like, Death in the Family. All of that is incredible. Oh, yeah, amazing. But what was happening on screen was like, <laughs> it was bad. And people got it from a bargain basement. They went in and they bought the rights up to that and a lot of other stuff for super, super cheap. And they're like, let's just make a movie. And it doesn't matter if it's successful or not. Let's give it to the guy who did Beetlejuice and see what he does. And then yeah, you got Christopher yeah. Nolan comes and goes, here's, I'm going to give you Dark Knight. And that's like that, what happened in the mid to late nineties is what I'm going to give you now. And so then he comes out with that. So you love Dark Knight? W- w- well, yeah. I mean, like if you, if you watch what like Batman Begins is a, uh, it's a twist, right? But like him doing Dark Knight or really Dark Knight Rises is, is his twist on it again. And he kind of like, B- grabbed a bunch of like you know year one stuff in there because you kind of hint towards who alfred is and yeah. or more especially like especially gordon and, and kind of the fact anyway. i love
1: how you know all this stuff you know dude most I'm, a know this. I'm a batman no, nerd
0: i'm a batman most
1: actors won't know any of this i just love that you've got this passion brother i
0: do oh man i, I don't get me going on daredevil jesus i'll go oh. off you but really then, want that game, don't you? <laughs> I want that game so bad. And it's so funny because every time I say I, I say Daredevil, Bill Roseman goes, please shut up. Please just shut up. Just please don't. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like, hey, do you want to know what it's like to have an emergency meeting about you at Warner Brothers? <laughs> or so you, at Marvel? Yeah. Um,
1: Going back to Nolan, you yeah. so you didn't like Tenet. Do you like his other films at least? Like That's I why it, that's what I'm saying like it's a masterpiece.
0: It, it made me go back and go, have you ever seen Following? Like if you really want to yeah. appreciate Christopher Nolan, that go back and watch like what this guy was doing no when budget. he had Yeah, dude, it's incredible. Memento is if you watch Following, it, people are like, "Oh, I remember Memento." It's was like Memento was linear compared to Following. Mm. And I think that Christopher Nolan has been like, like even Insomnia, if you watch Insomnia, he makes yeah. the movies of where he's at. And following is a movie of where he was in God, when it was a 96, 98? 98, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So he makes it then. And then he was like, oh, I wonder what it would be like, because it was all a product of function. Like he he made that because his actors were messing with him. Not unintentionally, not but just like, he's like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. And so he was writing and adjusting and it taught him how to be a really good director. The I'm, I'm paraphrasing and speaking for him. Then he just, <laughs> it was like, well, how do we use that? What if we base a movie on this kind of weird out of timeline sequence? Then he does Memento. And then it's like, and then people give him this and then he does Insomnia. And he's just kind of like hovering here. And then the same thing with Tim Burton. It's like, what if we give him the largest, one of the largest franchises ever? What does he do with that? So I mean mm-hmm. i I applaud him for that, but it's like it's like he's forgotten how to do a small movie, and I wanted to go back and do a small movie.
1: You think he's got too much budget?
0: now too much I scope. think that he's just a he's, he's a he's a still a he's someone who loves making films, and yeah. someone has given him the opportunity to go and make the kind of films that he wanted to make when he was a kid. but how do you it feels like a step back? Like I Duncan Jones going from Moon to Warcraft. Yeah, That's not, Duncan Jones make make Moon. Oh my god, what an incredible movie!
1: We are going to get into gaming here because I know. All right. we are we are short in time, but um, I want to ask you. Sure. Quick, I, I want to tell you firstly. Tell um, me, I <laughs> I just listened to your album recently from twenty fourteen. Oh and shit! I gotta cool. say, man, that is a great album. Fire Thank out. you, like, man. That's got a bit of. For me, Coldplay is my favorite fil- uh, favorite band of all time. But th- this has a bit of Coldplay, a bit of You Too, Joshua's Tree, <laughs> bit of Parachutes. Coldplay
0: is that? Am I on the right track or not? Absolutely. So I, the, you especially hit it on with 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 Joshua Tree. So I I remember, Joshua, Joshua Tree was like my first rock and roll record that that spoke to me. And You Too, it by the way,
1: for listeners, what's that? I said, that's a U2 album. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The U2 record, in my opinion. uh, 1987. And, you know, they were, they were this big success over in, um, over in Ireland. And it was their first tour here is when they did the Joshua tree tour. And, or they may have done a smaller tour, but it was really their first real big, big tour was when they did Joshua tree. So I have like this, this um, indelible memory of the first time I ever heard that record on vinyl. And I professed my undying devotion to my best friend's uh, sister and she flatly turned me down. And so this, (laughs) this, this, this uh, this album just stayed with me and I would listen to it. And at that time it was just on cassette. And so I would, before it would run out on, on side a, I would, before it would flip over to the other side, I would rewind and start it all over again. So the only thing that I knew was like where the streets have no name with or without you, all of that. And then one day I just let it go to the other side, and all of a sudden there's this whole new album. There's Red Hill Mining Town, which became oh, one of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. songs. There's um, Mother of the Disappeared. There's all all of these songs. So there's this this relationship between side A and side B. So that record that we did 2014 um, is was trying to be in, in in the same way. It's the reason why we did like a, a a big gospel choir is because Rattle and Hum when that movie came out there was a um a black gospel choir in Harlem that did a version of uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for that. And I was like, I want to do that someday. And I got to do that in Capitol records. We got to do this amazing gospel choir um, that did an arrangement of uh, the song um, uh, what we lost in the fire. And we got to record at Capitol records. and It was like a dream come true. Those people that worked on that, I ended up, there was, there was this improvised song called window to the abbey. And I sat down at a keyboard and I played three notes. I went dun, dun, dun. And then I played four dun, 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 dun. That was it. And everybody sat down at their instruments and started playing. And it was completely improvised, one take. I'm calling out chords, I'm calling out changes as we go. We got it. You gotta, it in love, one.
1: That, you gotta yeah, love that, though. Yeah, dude. It's one
0: of my favorite songs of the record. And we did yeah. it up in this cabin in Big Bear, in the mountains of Big Bear, California. And in two weeks, or actually, I guess we were up there for about five days. We 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 made a record. I took those guys and Wayne Miller, who was the bass player on that album, says I want to produce your next record. And then wow. in 2016, we were like, let's make another record. And we went up to uh, up in the Bay Area, up on top of Mount Tomalpais, basically, and the the spiritual you know, like um, ethos of. Collaborating and and really just vibing off of each other and taking those songs and making it that was our second album and we called the project window to the abbey, so that that was on. on you got of,
1: another album that I haven't heard.
0: Yeah, man, and and the oh, first wow. album is is kind of me getting out ten years worth of music and it was this cathartic thing and the the second album is now what does it look like and then one of my favorite moments of last year was I sat at this piano over here. And it was, we had been in lockdown for a, about two weeks and it was starting to wear thin and yeah. it, it had been raining in Los Angeles, which is preternatural to to the summer or the, you know, at least Los Angeles. And it just, it was, it was a, it was a moment where we were starting to feel the bearing down the weight of everything. And, and it, there was a lot of uncertainty and I just needed to breathe. So I sat down at the piano and I wrote this song and I literally just told myself, just Breathe. And 15 minutes later, I had the entire song and I sent it to Wayne. I was like, how can we make this cooler? And long story short, um, about two weeks later, that song had circled the globe and we had about a hundred people participating in this song and everybody recorded in isolation. Everybody had, cause everybody was in quarantine. And I think it's the best song that I've ever done. Um, and it's, uh, wow. We had like 72 singers. Uh, wow! So we created a choir virtually, um, thanks to oh, people like Eric awesome. Whitaker who who inspired me to do something like that. So, wow. yeah, man, music music is is kind of um, that was the it's first ingrained in you. I know that. Yeah, very much so.
1: So, let's talk about this freaking amazing career that you've had, brother. <laughs> um, I will. I for mean, sure. y- you could walk away right now, and you know you'd be in the hall of fame. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, how does that feel, looking back? You know, at, at this career so far, you just thankful and grateful.
0: Yeah, man. There's times I, I, I run. I'm not. I I would not consider myself a runner, but
1: I was going to say I've, I've taken you up on the running, and I'm trying to get longer and longer each day. It's not working out great, but I'm trying. It's,
0: you know what? Uh, <laughs> listen, listen to your body, man. Because like today, no, I will, yeah. uh, I've been doing two miles, no problem. And today was was a uh, was a harder day. It's like it's it's a snapshot of your day. And you go, today I it was hard. Tomorrow may be easy, yeah. but I'm going to get up every day and figure it out. Um, but it's definitely my meditation. And, and a lot of times when I'm in that zone, I start thinking about, and there's 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 moments in my life where I, or especially in my career, where I uh I cringe, man. I'm like, oh God, I can't believe I did that. And I would go back and change. And the wisdom of of age, I think, brings the notion that There's a lot that I would do differently, but I wouldn't change a thing. And that is living a life without regret because I am grateful for where I am. And if I'm not, if I'm the happiest that I've ever been in my life and I'm the most fulfilled that I've ever been in my life. And if that's a truth, then that means everything that has happened before has brought me to this place. So I have to love it. And the, the, the truth of that, and I've known pain, I've known loss, I've known tragedy, I've known poverty. I've known a lot of adversity. But for the last five years, I've been really trying to unpack what does that mean and how does that brought me to where I am? And it all culminates in my son. And you you pull apart the smallest, most insignificant, menial decision. And if that means he's not here, I put it back. The the most cringeworthy moment where Mm I go, if, if, if I got to go back in time and and tell myself to turn left versus right, or tell this person not to do this, or invest in Apple or whatever it is, if that right there means that he's not here in the exact way that he is, I I wouldn't do it. And that's how you learn to love. That's how I've learned to love my past and how I've learned to love my mistakes because they've brought me where I'm at. It doesn't mean that I don't like everything about where I'm at. There's a lot of shit that I hate about where I'm at, but that's why I get up every morning and I go run or I try to find new ways to have different conversations or change the things about me or I read these books that I'm reading to make myself better. But I don't want to go back and change anything. That's that's mm. that's no longer viable. First of all, I can't. And secondly, I don't want to. I want to change tomorrow. I don't want to change yesterday.
1: Are you still as excited as you were 15, 10, 15 years ago, when you first did Brothers in Arms?
0: I'm more excited. Wow. Then I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing a lot of times, but no, the difference is Steven a great, Spielberg. That's a did great, you have quote a great quote for 10 minute
1: cutscene, though, that game. What,
0: that's, dude, BIA 3 is one of my favorite cutscenes I've ever done. In, uh, and here's the ever. story behind that. Wow. Ever. Um, David Gary. Uh, was a dear friend, fellow musician in Dallas. He's the guy that wrote me into this whole gig. He was like, hey, we're doing a game. You got a cool voice. Do you want to come and, and, and talk into this microphone and be this, the guy's name is actually Baker. I thought it'd be funny. So I went to Gearbox and I went across from his office, which was a closet, a server room, and we turned off the AC and I turned wow. off the lights for some reason and I talked into the microphone and I... I said, you know, I never wanted to be. Uh, that that was that, that that was just how I never asked to be squad leader, but I had no choice. And that's how I became Matt Baker. Now I've got 13 men under my son. I mean, I like that I could I could recite that entire thing.
1: Were you going to be an actor at that point? Is no. that what you wanted to do?
0: No, I was going to be I was going to be a rock and roller, man. I was I, wow. I was going to be a musician. I was going to set the world on fire with my music.
1: So that changed the course of your career, that one
0: moment. Not even then. What no. I Every, the the going to get gas. That's what I'm saying, man. It's 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 not the yeah, big okay. decisions. It's the, it's, yeah, yeah. it's every little step that you take is what leads Ooh. you down the path that you're at. So if I hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done that. If I hadn't have gone to Club Clearview that night on a Thursday to go see whatever band, and yeah. there's Dave McGarry, I never would have met him. So that would have. So it's not about this is the moment where I make a change in my career. Yeah. It's when you meet that Flo-one person effect. who can give you that opportunity. So you never know oh, wow. when your life is changing. Wow. Period. So I
1: know, I know that, go on, were you going to say something? Oh,
0: I was just going to say that the story about, the reason why that, that moment is, is such an important moment, and I don't even know if Randy Pitchford knows this. Dave McGarry and I were super tight. We were like buds. We're, we're intimate friends. Yep. And we had a big falling out, and we had not seen each other in years. He had moved away. Uh, but he because at that time it was like yo you come in here and you're playing corian you come in here you're now playing red and it was just the different people that worked at gearbox and then they hired me because i had a cooler voice to be the main dude that's how they cast that game right there was only one other professional actor that was in that so but he was still red so we come back for three and there's this moment it was the first time that dave and i had been in the same room for years. And there was all of this air between us and we're sitting there and we recorded live with each other. I'm in this room, he's in that room. And we're talking to each other and we're having this scene where red is recovering in bed. And it's clear that, you know, because of his injury, he's going to go home and we just broke down together. And it was this first, I was like, this is, I'd, I'd never had a scene like that before. So we get to do that thing. And I'm like, I want to do this. It, it, I didn't realize that games could do this. So it was a very, very real moment. Cause at that moment I'm talking to my best friend and that's why that wow. scene is so, I think so impactful.
1: So you just started crying.
0: Oh yeah. You and him. Wow. It's like, well, you're, you're going home and he just looked up at me and he, and then he did one of those things where he's like, we can't look at each other right now because we'll lose our shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just really, wow, really, uh, it's really, awesome. it's, it's chasing that. And then that is the moment that you go, where else can I do this? And then somebody gives you an opportunity to go, and and then I play. I I was doing this shitty movie in in Texas, and um, somebody let me borrow the what another person that was the first people that got me in this business was Kyle Richards, who worked for a company he was not even around anymore. He's now at Sony, and is still a dear friend. And he was like, "Here's your solace. Here's a PlayStation Three, and you need to play this game called Uncharted." And so I would go back to my shitty my shitty hotel after shooting a shitty movie and i would load this up and i was like god i haven't played a game in so long and i sat and i played uncharted and i was like i didn't know it could be like this Mm -hmm. and i want to do what i'm doing what i'm doing on this movie right now i want to do it in that because i understood he told me it was like they put actors on a stage and if they were in a jeep they built a jeep if they were on a ship they built a ship i was like I want to do that. I had no idea that people were doing that. Let me do that. And I emailed Phil Kovacs, who was the audio director, because I knew that the audio director was my buddy. At Naughty Dog. I was like, I just want to let you guys know it. You did a fantastic job. Uh, and that was it. And in Phil was like, hey, never, Yeah, no, Nothing ever came from it. That's the thing. Wow. Like, I've done all this stuff that actors should never do. I've so done all those So you go
1: trying to get in there, emailing people... Creating contacts.
0: It's not effective. It's not effective. Not
1: effective? No.
0: <laughs> Don't do it. I mean, who knows? There's the, the, the guy that they ended up getting for Michael J. Fox on um, uh, the Telltale Games for Back to the Future called and and left his audition reel as a voicemail. <laughs> wow. And they were like, holy crap, that guy sounds exactly like him. So it That's can crazy. work. But my first, yeah. my first audition that I had for a film, um, I came in and there was a scene where I had a knife to somebody's throat. And so I did it to the reader's throat who was actually the producer of the film and the director goes, okay, cut, let's take away the knife. <laughs> Cause <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> Cause it was safeties, but it's still a uh, knife. And I was like, well, right. that's just what the scene called for. Um, <laughs> it was like Danny Trejo has a story and he comes in and he's like, supposed to play this, this role of someone who's, you know, knocking over a convenience store and they're like fantastic Acting, what, what what's your experience? He was like, uh, 7 Eleven and a Chevron. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, you've actually robbed these places. He was like, yeah, I just got out of the joint. Um, <laughs> so sometimes you just kind of pull from those life experiences and you hope that somebody gives you an opportunity to play that as a character. It's a catharsis, man.
1: I gotta ask you about yeah. Call of Duty because I do a <laughs> lot of content on Call of Duty here. Just been playing through Advanced Warfare for sorry. For, for second.
0: Sorry, what do you mean, <sighs> dude? We shot a hell back of a game. Fondly? First of all, I can tell you stories. Uh, Sledgehammer is a great. Please uh, do. Yeah, the, the, they're a great um, developer, um, Stone, and those guys are are awesome. Uh, you've got two of the guys from St- Sledgehammer that went off and started their own company now. So I mean, here we go. We show up on set, and and all we see on the sides, you know, because you get a call sheet, and it's like you see, you know, Gideon Emery, you see Troy Baker, and you see Russell Ritchie, you know, all these people, and then you see KS. Oh, okay. Like, who's, the, who's the big? And I came in um, second, even though I'm the player character. Like, we shot a whole bunch of stuff first, and then we came in and we shot your stuff. And I show up on set, and nobody tells me who the number one is. I'm oh, like, You
1: didn't know. Wow. No.
0: So I show up on set. I was like, KS, 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 KSI? No. KS. And then one day we show up on set. Good morning, everybody. How are you? And I was like, Holy wow. shit. <laughs> and we had we had all just right. kind of set up, and there was this long table that we all just kind of, all the actors kind of sat. It was a common area, but it was just a big, long, you know, conference table or whatever, on set. And I was at this corner here. It's like the, call it the northwest corner. Yeah. And so Kevin comes up, and he sits down, and he decides to make his base of operations at the head of the table, of course, right next to me. And so for two weeks, it was just, Spacey and I just, you know, going back and sharing music, he was mixing his album at the same time I was mixing mine. I was like, tell me what you think. And so we were like, you know, swapping mixes back and forth. And there's this moment where he, the, the, you remember the scene in the in, in the game where they said, you know, um, goes, on whose authority? Uh-huh. The first read that, that Kevin gives, he goes, on my authority. It, and it's just like, that's why you hired Kevin Spacey. You got... House of Cards and every other movie and show that comes before it right there. And it was like, oh man, that's so good. And they're like, great job. Great. We're going to go one more time and we just feel like you should be angry. And he goes, angry? He goes, yeah. He goes, okay. And so he comes back and he goes, on whose he goes, on my authority. And does that whole thing. <laughs> they were like, that's, oh my God, that's exactly what and he just looks at me and goes, and he goes, now I know what game we're making. I'm like, Oh, uh, and a part of me died. No, no. The original ending of the game, um, you're, you're frozen in your mech, and I'm sitting there, and I've got my gun like this. And of course, he's controlling it. And the original thing is, he walks up to you, and he goes, he talks about how every movement needs a martyr. He goes, to really have an effective movement, you need to have a martyr. And so he walks, and he puts his head right there and he takes the gun and he puts it right to his head. He goes, I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> he goes, bang, that's the original ending. Far out. Then we go into ADR and they're like, we have one C we need to pick up. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's got my arm and I go some air force one line, get off my arm or whatever. And we do a Die Hard drop. And I was like, What is this? Or like, there's no way we could have done the original ending. Wow, really? I might get in real big trouble for telling that story, but it's been long enough. I mean, they hired Kevin Spacey, and that's (laughs) whatever I can divulge. How did you?
1: Because you you've openly said he was he he wasn't
0: that bad to work with. Like, I mean, look.
1: What what did you think when you when you when you saw that come out? That was crazy.
0: Uh. (sighs) didn't surprise me. I knew enough about Kevin Spacey from other people. And I, I, wow. I, I, I know people who grew up with them and, um, their his behavior is inexcusable, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. and there's nothing that, especially at the height of that, oh. that you can do, um, to, to make amends or to recover from that. Um, the, the talent is not is undeniable. Um, and I think that the, problem that persists within specifically this industry is, and he's Kevin Bay's is not the first man. Like there, there's a whole bunch of people. Like there's no way that we would let uh, Roman Polanski make movies today. Um, no, yeah, if you, yeah. if you look systematically through this and I bet if you, I mean, you could even go back and look at the different artists that, um, we allowed to just keep making their art because they were so talented despite the fact that their behavior was deplorable or despicable. Um, and it, it creates this really weird thing. It's like, ah, oh, but I love the, the thing that they do. Keep doing the thing, just do that thing in private. And then that is a non-sustainable model. So what you have to end up doing is going, look, no more. And what that means is, if that means that we lose the art, then so be it. But we're no longer going to be perpetrators or complicit in that behavior because i really think that by and large part of the reason why this this behavior perpetuates itself is because there is nobody that's stopping it and even more so you feed people that have issues money and freedom to be able to and 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 help sometimes cover it up as opposed to mm. going eh, no no man no more so I, I don't, I don't believe that, um, I, I believe that there has to be a system of justice that allows people to, um, present, um, things to be proven. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to believe people when they, I don't think that you turn and go, nah, not them or yeah, we know, but let's, he's going to do another awesome series of mm. that show that we love. I think you have to listen to people. Um but it has to be like what did you say? what did you say and and now use the systems that we have in place of courts and justice to be able to litigate that effectively otherwise it's just rampant you know chaos Jeez, do, you have to sh- you have, do you have to
1: shoot off now troy? I've got about a thousand more questions, but I know that you're a busy man so i have
0: i can I can squeeze in because we started a little bit late too. I can squeeze in a little eight more minutes for you if okay you, if that, thank that you helps. troy sure
1: um the last of us two mm. What a fucking game that was! Agreed. Depressing, but also some beautiful <laughs> moments. Some beautiful moments within that. Tell me, how do you look back on it all—the the hate, the love, everything that came with it? How how do you look back?
0: It's you know how someone says you know you can you can say whatever you want about me, but don't don't talk about my sister. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's that's there's a lot of that with me and Laura Bailey. Um, oh,
1: she was unbelievable in that game.
0: Truly. Unbelievable, and the the thing that's most impressive to me, she's she's a phenom. She's inimitable, incomparable. Um, I'm honored to. She's like a little sister to me, and 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 yeah. she and I have been dear friends for for years, and and she stood by me for a lot of the stupid stuff that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, called me out on my shit a lot really Um, oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) he's just like stop doing that
1: like a good sister should like a great
0: sister should and even though she's younger than me um but then there's also we've been incredible scene partners together like we've we've been in more games and more shows together it's 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 stupid um she knew going in What she was signing up for. She couldn't, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, predict the methodology and the execution of of what that vitriol would look like. But she knew what she was signing up for. She was like, people are going to hate this character. And so she didn't think, she's like, I think she's going to love it. I get to be in the last of us. She wasn't, she was going and going, I understand the role that my character has within this story. I understand that I am the actor that is playing that character and people will associate that with me. Let's go to work. She was the bravest person that ever stepped foot on that stage. All of us got to be familiars and all of us got to be, oh my God, I can't believe we get to be in another game. She walked in every day knowing they will remember her for one thing. No matter what they play, but if I do my job, if that make them pause for a second and go, ah, then I will have done my job. If you can get to the very end, and you're in Santa Barbara, and you're hesitating, she's done her job. And I... Oh,
1: more than hesitating, I was you know on her mean? side.
0: Now you change uh, I- sides
1: i can't believe how they did it i've never experienced anything where ever i had such hatred for her because i love your character i think joel is one of the greatest ever thanks to you mm-hmm. and then gone and i'm heartbroken but i'm pushing on <laughs> and then she just wins me over and by the end i actually like i actually felt for her more than ellie
0: boy ellie's a character scary. that i've
1: loved you know a character that i've loved so much as well it's just unbelievable it's the it.
0: the the true feat, and this is why it- Look, man, I, I've the words of Marcus Aurelius have really rung true to me, especially in the last several years because I I, I got to myself to a point to where I was addicted to people's opinions and I was sustained by the currency that they afforded me. And mm. I realized that I can't do that because if I do, um, I'll go mad. So I finally had to, and I realized, I've, I've got this pen in my hand. And... I realized that I'm not an actor, I'm not a musician, I'm not a writer, I'm not a director. I'm a storyteller. Mm. And that allows me to do all of those things without the necessitation of the structure and the framework by which those conventionally are used. So I'm not an actor because I act. I'm a storyteller that chooses to play characters and that's how I tell my story that day. But if all of that I am is an actor, then that limits me in the, the way that I can tell my story. But the pen is in my hand. It is my story that I'm telling. And if I all of a sudden go, well, what do you think? And I hand the pen to you and you go, oh, you're terrible. Oh, no, I'm terrible. I've allowed you to write a page in my story. I've got to keep the pen in my hand. So I knew within like hours before the leaks hit that, that it was coming. Wow. We would have been most likely on the press tour for the game when it hit. Mm. So I'm grateful that I wasn't there. That would have been really, really bad. I would have been most likely far from home. Um during a, a, a it was it was scary, man, because there were mm. people threatening to to dox and, and Laura got the blunt oh, it of it, disgusting. especially.
1: Some of the stuff I saw just absolutely yeah. disgusting.
0: Um and it was <laughs> it was people that were people that were capitalizing on on an opportunity. They weren't fans or or people that love the story. Uh it's it impossible. You, you, yeah. can, you can you could disagree with the story and you can disagree with with the characters. Mm. You can question the writing, but I would love to read your script if you do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And those are the people that have have largely said, let me tell you what's wrong with this story. I'm like, it is not the critic who counts, but the one who gets in the ring, whose face is marred with sweat and blood. So let me read your script. Let me read yours. And if your script is legitimately better, fucking send it to Neil Druckmann and take over Naughty Dog. (laughs) Write a better story. (laughs) But I doubt with the pedigree that that studio has, with the devotion and the, the true talent that Neil Druckmann has... And highly gross. You could not write a better story because there's, I've never played a game that, that made me as someone who was involved with making the game made me feel the way that I did. It was, it was, I, I I've never had a relationship with a game like that before. It, it, and especially not just like, Oh, the moments everyone goes to, to Joel's death. And it's like, it, that's not the most impactful moment for me in some ways, the house afterwards Oh, the house was far what more a, impactful. It is the, the funeral tears. in the wake. I was, I was, I was, a, I was in a heap. Were you? Oh, man. wow. And That's it, awesome, it was because I knew that was coming. I didn't know the house was coming. I didn't know how oh, I would feel. So cool for the space scene. I didn't know how I would feel for the final porch scene. Well, I it's all I can imagine is you models.
1: playing and just crying half the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty much i played it in chunks i played it in in, in about two uh, hour and a half to two hour chunks
1: i don't um, i don't think i can play it again to be honest mate seriously i just i i want to keep that one experience and just you know for the rest of my uh, maybe i'll go back one day but it's one of those games you just want to it's just a one and done i think
0: i haven't played it since it came I, I got a review copy and and neil said it's time and i was like okay and i sat on it for a while because there was this Schrodinger's place where it lived because I didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and Neil asked me, he was like, I want to know, do you think we did the right thing? Wow. And I said, I'll tell you after I play. Because wow. I can't say yes and then criticize someone who hasn't played it and has formed an opinion I said I could tell you how I felt as an actor. I could tell you how I felt on stage, and I could tell you how I feel going into it. And I could tell you the 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 months and the years that have have you know been spent and culminated in, in you asking that question and all the conversations we've had, and all of the thing that this game has provided for me. But the truth is, until I pick up the controller and I play it, I can't give you an honest answer. I can't give you an honest assumption. But the answer that I gave him then is the same answer that I have now on the other side of it. If somehow the good Lord gave me a second chance, I would do it all over again. Wow, that is awesome, man.
1: i I, I just gotta say, man, your your work is incredible. Everyone here watching, especially me, appreciates your work. Thanks, Guys, make sure you follow Troy on all socials, but also go over to his YouTuber later. Cheers, man. Yeah, it's a community, it's an amazing community of people, like so welcoming. I I love it. And I love your series where you also dive deep with some of the voice actors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just amazing stuff. Do you want to talk quickly about it?
0: I would love to so this has been me figuring out what does it look like a troy baker has a uh, a YouTube channel and then I quickly abandoned that because that's that's something that I'm not good at um what I am good about is conversations and so what I seek to do is is provide a platform for for storytellers i, I if you're First of all, everyone is a storyteller. And if anyone has ever heard me say this, you could probably mouth along with me, but we are genetically predisposed to be storytellers. It's the reason why we drew on cave walls and it's the reason why we even created language in the first place. Is because we naturally have to tell our story. We need to communicate with each other in order to survive. So we are all storytellers. People who go, I'm not a storyteller. Bullshit, you just haven't found out how you want to tell your story. So that's what we're about. I want to help you discover how do you tell your story? And we do that in multiple ways. We do it through our podcast. We do it through our community-created content. We do it through a cooking show that we're going to start. We do it through our weekly movie hangs. We do it through our playthroughs. We do it through our conversations. That's how we do it. Is is we give you multiple uh, uh, multiple opportunities to to get plugged in this community. It's a community that's spread out over multiple platforms, including YouTube, Patreon, and social media. And Saturdays I just we watch Facebook a movie. Group. Yeah, (laughs) they did. They're pretty smart. Like that Zuckerberg guy is a kind of piece of shit, but he figured out how to do social media well. But uh, it's it's Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Wednesdays, uh, we have uh, for our writers room we have people that come in from all over the, uh, the industry and talk about their experience of being writers and kind of their processes and we have a small group of writers that get to really interact with i mean hallie gross mary Kinney tj fixman ashley miller we've had incredible writers so
1: much value okay. if you yeah, want to dude. be in the industry yeah. or just in general just for so sure much value
0: there. so come check it out uh youtube youtube.com forward slash come figure it out
1: awesome thank you so much for taking the time troy before i let you go sure. I, I have one favor i want to ask as a massive uncharted fan yeah, As my favorite series of all time, can I get Sam Drake to say something like, I always felt that we were destined for something great,
0: Dan. Uh, <laughs> I, always, I always knew we were destined for something great to happen. A lot of people want to change their cards. Not me. I like the hand we've been dealt. There's a little bit of walking in Sam. You ever know that <laughs> <laughs> just, There is, There's a little bit of walking in Sam. There is a I'm little bit man boy. of fortune and I may seek my fortune. Nathan, uh, come on. We were made for this.
1: So I love how you talented. just turn it on. You just turn it on, man. That's I know
0: amazing. who that guy is, man. And look, Todd Stashwick um, got the opportunity to play that character, and 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 someday maybe they'll release what the the stuff that Todd did. And he's a brilliant writer and a fantastic actor, um, and he's become a dear friend. Um, and there's a little bit of Todd that will always remain in Sam. Um, but I that was from from that kid that was doing that shitty movie playing on his PlayStation 3 to full play that circle. game Uncharted. Uh that was that was a really cool way to come full circle is to be um not just a a, a you know a, a red shirt, you know, get him. Shoot his head, you know, whatever guy, but to play a character <laughs> like Sam that that was such a uh such an interesting role in that. That's that was the feather in the cap.
1: Oh, I got to get you back on if, if at at some point Troy, to talk about Uncharted and a bunch of other things, so uh, I really, really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much. Hopefully pleasure, we can get man. you back on. Have a great day. Take care. Cheers, mate. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, man.
0: Look forward to the next one, man. Until then, stay rad. Thanks, brother.